This is Neil Preston, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. Pantheon Podcasts presents Deeper Digs with host and rock and roll archaeologist Christian Swain. Music, culture, technology, and rock and roll. Now, on with the show. I've seen all good people turn their heads each day, so satisfied I'm on my way. Well, let's hope so. Well, not for me, but, you know, it is election day. And uh, I don't know what has happened, uh, because I'm recording this on election day. Uh, And this will drop two days after. So perhaps you know uh, how it all went. Uh, I hope you voted. Uh, Participation is key. Of course, you do you and I'll do me and we'll see where the chips fall. Your move, I guess. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a certain someone go on his way. All good People probably feel this way. Yes. (laughs) The singular voice of the band. Yes. John Anderson will be joining us in just a bit. Okay. So you voted. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Let's see. Last week, uh, I don't know if any of you got a chance to see. You had to be registered at Podcast Movement to catch uh, my panel on music licensing. Um, But we had a great time. I want to thank my uh, panelists that joined us. Uh, Jorge uh, Brea from um, Symphonic, uh, Bob Barbier uh, from PEX, and it was moderated by uh, Liz Moody uh, from Grandison uh, de Rocher. Uh, Very interesting uh, talk. Um, There was some good... um, uh, good ideas put out. Uh, we are working at trying to find a solution to use licensed music in podcasting. Uh, and um, we think we're making progress. And I think there's some positive things to look forward to. Uh, which brings me to, uh, if you are a podcaster yourself and you are a music-oriented podcaster, first, that's awesome. Second, join our Alliance of Music Podcasters, or AMP. Uh, you can find that at pantheonpodcast.com uh, backslash AMP, A-M-P. Uh, you can sign up uh, from there and be a part of the newsletter uh, and all the activity that will come from this. Uh, this will work in conjunction with uh, the license holders and the music analytics uh, software teams like PAX. Um, so we, we, we know that um, uh, there is uh, interest on both sides of working together. And uh, if you join the, uh, the alliance, uh, you'll be a part of the conversation. Okay, keep that in mind. All right, I haven't talked about this in a while because it's been a big fucking headache for me. Um, uh, but it's finished. We did it. Rock and Roll Archaeology Redux Episode 1 will drop on November the 5th. And it's good. We're, we're ready to go. It was a little bit harder than I think we anticipated. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we consider rock and roll archaeology, you know, the first draft of, you know, what will eventually turn into a, um, uh, a documentary, a visual documentary. Um, and so we kind of went back and realized, oh, well, this this is the second draft. And 
We made some wholesale changes, uh, some of which I don't think worked. Uh, we had to go back and redo it. So, you know, in essence, it was almost like research and writing, you know, another episode. And I, and I know that's going to put episode 20 out a bit, just so you know. We're hoping to have something here by December, um, but we'll see. You guys know how that goes. Um, but episode one, Redux will be out here uh, yeah, probably by the time you listen to this. So go and click on that and let us know what you think. All right. Uh, also, thinking of letting us know what you think, if you like what you hear at Pantheon, please go to pantheonpodcast.com. Click on the listener support button on the website. You can be a Patreon member, and we appreciate all of you who do that very much. Thank you all very much for that. Uh, you can pick up some swag uh, at Tee Public, uh, some rock and roll archaeology, some Pantheon podcast swag, some muses, some rock candy from uh, just, you know, all kinds of stuff. So go check that out. And we just recently added coffee.com so you can buy us a cup of coffee real cheap, uh, you know, whatever works for you and your budget. All right. Finally, of course, hey. Tell a friend. Check out our other shows uh, on the network. Uh, we've got uh, about 50 of them. Uh, lots of good stuff. Lots of new stuff out there. If you haven't uh, sampled, please poke around and uh, see uh, what floats your boat. Okay? Okay. That's it. Let's get to it. I've seen all good people turn their heads each day so satisfied I'm on my way. I've seen all good people turn their heads each day So satisfied I'm on my way Yes, what a time and a word. What a name for a band. And more importantly, what a band. If you like virtuoso playing and ethereal voices coupled with fantastical lyrics, then this is the peak of the mountain for you folks. Next stop is, I guess, maybe jazz and or classical. Certainly jazz fusion to get to a next level of players. Uh, you know, maybe Mahavishnu Orchestra or Weather Report or something like that. That's a bridge then to Miles Davis, uh, Bird, or Coltrane, you know, or, uh, you know, the real old classics like Bach, Mozart, Stravinsky, and Gershwin. That, these are things that, you know, filled the heads of, of the various members of, uh, of the band, yes. But let's introduce our guest, John Anderson is the voice of Yes. I know there have been a few to take that position from time to time. I actually did see the drama tour with uh, uh, Trevor Horn uh, from the Buggles as uh, as the singer. And of course, Steve Howe has been out as Yes uh, for the last decade uh, with a different singer. But come on, in the end, there really is only one voice that fits that band. 
John Anderson was born in Accrington, uh, Lancashire, England. That's the North Country in 1944 to a couple of entertainers himself. His parents were ballroom dancers and his father served during World War II in the entertainment division. If somebody told me there was a job like that in the military, I might have joined. Uh, music was something John gravitated to early on. Uh, yes, he was in a skiffle band as a lad and then graduated to the real thing in his late teens and early 20s. Interestingly, he really wanted to be a footballer, but he is rather short in stature for that profession. Thank the gods there are no height restrictions in music. Obviously, meeting bassist extraordinaire Chris Squire in 1968 is the start of something big. Very quickly, Anderson and Squire put together the first iteration of the band with Peter Banks on guitar, Bill Bruford on drums, and Tony Kay on keys. Now, the thing about Yes is all the lineup changes, including John coming and going, but the music just keeps going for the one. Doesn't matter who is in the band, there always seemed to be an appetite for Yes music. And this isn't just a long line uh, up and uh, goings, there are plenty of coming backs as well. It literally is more like a family than a band. After the first two albums, uh, yes, in time and a word, uh, Banks uh, was gone and replaced by Steve Howe. After the third album, the Yes album, K is being replaced by Rick Wakeman. Here we get the classic lineup where the next five years are the initial peak of the band, uh, Fragile and Close to the Edge being masterpieces. Uh, their next album, uh, Tales of Topographic Oceans, uh, created another rift. Uh, Rick Wakeman left to pursue a burgeoning solo career. And, and yes, uh, Bruford left to join King Crimson uh, after Close to the Edge and was replaced by Alan White. But the later 70s brought Wakeman back for the excellent Going for the One album and the, the good but perhaps not great uh, Tormato. And then John left to pursue his burgeoning solo career. Uh, he also worked with Vangelis uh, at the time. Uh, everyone remembers the 1980s comeback helmed by new guitarist Trevor Rabin uh, and now original keyboardist Tony Kay. <laughs> so this lasted a few years in pop music before John left and grabbed original drummer Bill Bruford for an album and tour as Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman, and Howe. While Rabin, Squire, and Kay uh, tried to continue but could never find the voice. So then they all get together uh, as reunion. Yeah, it, it seems confusing, but like I said, once you're in the family, you can leave, but you will always be pulled back in. Back and forth it goes until 2008 when John suffered an extreme asthma attack that put him in the hospital uh, and caused a respiratory failure. Um, we're lucky he's still with us and was unable to join uh, the upcoming tour. Things began to shift and change uh, here uh, at this point. Uh, luckily for us, he regained his strength and continued on working uh, with Wakeman. Uh, he's worked with Jean-Luc Pani, along with a whole host of others, including a return to Yes Music as ARW with Trevor Rabin on guitar and Rick Wakeman on keys. 
But now he is currently on his own, albeit with a host of musical compatriots from all over the world ready to help John create whatever music he wants to do, including his recently released album, 1000 Hands, Chapter One, uh, an album that literally took 30 years to complete. We'll, we'll hear all about that in a minute. Uh, he also recently released a single originally written in 2012 after being disgusted at the political response or lack thereof after the Sandy Hook shooting. But it sure seems to work for our current situation. Uh, the song is called um, Go Screw Yourself. And we'll talk about that as well. Finally, he is a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, from the class of 2017. And yes, that was about time. All right. All right. Let's meet the man himself and get to some of his wondrous stories, shall we? Diggers, I give you John Anderson. Welcome to Deeper Digs, John Anderson. How are you doing today? I'm doing very, very well, Christine. So nice to have you on the program. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy world we are all living in right now. And of course, there's only one question to ask first because it's really the question that should be dealt with first. Uh, how are you doing during the age of COVID? Well, you know, I always remember reading Superman comics and the bizarre world of Superman is this is where we are now. And <laughs> I've been spending the last six months uh, finishing a lot of work, uh, creating a lot of uh, new music, going back to 1981 to some music that I love very much, which is uh, a choral work mm -hmm. all about the children that are going to come to this world and how we need to prepare the world to be a better world for the children that are going to come. Yeah, yeah. So you've been rather busy um, and uh, not uh, hunkering down, uh, scared to death of uh, what might come. Not at all. No, no, no. So, well, now your life has changed like all of us. Uh, uh, and, you know, for somebody like yourself who spent a lifetime on the road, uh, or at least everything's been scheduled out musically to, you know, to a complete and utter dead stop now. Uh, you know, how are you dealing with that? I mean, this is probably the first time you've had such a lengthy period off of the road, wouldn't you say? Yeah, very true. I think the first day we were told to quarantine, I went out to uh, do barbecue because we, we live away from the village of, up in the hills and it's a beautiful place to live. And uh, so I went out to barbecue, slipped on the step and broke my foot. Oh no. So yeah. So for two months I was on crutches and I'd, I'd sort of hobble and hobble around into my studio and sing every day and work every day. And that's what I was doing. I'm still doing it. It's as though I just forgot about touring, uh, couldn't even get into why uh, this uh, terrible virus was around. 
until about uh, two months ago, somebody sent me a, an incredible, uh, I put it on my Facebook, uh, an incredible documentary that uh, because of the deforestation, animals are actually being herded together and insects where they shouldn't be. Insects on insects on bats on other, you know, all over the world. Yeah. So what's happening is the Mother Earth is creating a virus. Unfortunately, not on purpose, but we are we are creating the virus. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the whole concept of being on a, a level musically and wanting to sing about the beauty of life, the the, the incredible knowledge that we're developing. As we as we get older, uh, and, and how the twenty first century is upon us, and uh, has always been a part of my creative juices for for songs and song lyrics and things like that. So that's what I'm, I'm deep into that world now. So deep you would not believe it. It's, it's kind of bizarre. Well, that's great to hear. So you've actually taken it, and uh, you know just rejiggered uh, uh, what was the expectation of 2020 and you have been able to put it to use in a different creative way um, you know and you know like like all uh, you know musicians you know, there is the recording life and the touring life and so this has just allowed you to dive deeper into the recording side of things huh yeah because I have uh, music from the 80s 90s of course and on cassettes and I have about the hundred cassettes over there. And I don't go near them yet because I'm still sorting out a lot of music that I got into. Uh, you know, and it was actually last year when uh, I spent uh, a week composing music. And uh, you can actually go and look at it, watch it and listen to it. It's very, very simple music, but it's in four parts. Uh, if you go to John Anderson, Joyfulness, YouTube, you'll see four movements and uh, visualized by my friend, Mike Byrne, who's an, a beautiful uh, video guy who lives in North of uh, Ireland. And the music, I was, I was sort of transposed in my mind. What, what was I doing to write four sort of 20 minute pieces of music there? And uh, then I went on tour with 1000 Hands Band, the wonderful musicians from Orlando. Out of Florida, and, right. Yeah, and I came back and started to drive around uh, this area, shopping that I do, you know, go getting groceries and things like that. And I'd listen to this music and think, what is this music for? You know, and then all of a sudden I started to hear all the themes within themes and I started to sing it. And then I said, okay, I'm going to write lyrics to this music. And there's, a, there's probably a maybe... A thousand people have listened to that music now for over a year or so and uh, around, around the world on YouTube. And mm-hmm. uh, they'll be interested when, they'll he- when they hear me singing this music as well mm-hmm. and adding uh, orchestra and choir. That's the, that's the big plan. So my, my world, on that level, my world is going strong. And then I've got four other projects that I'm working on at the same time. So just keep okay. myself out of trouble there. <laughs> Well, it does sound like you are incredibly busy, but uh, yep. you know, getting back to you know our situation at hand in the the world, you know, do you think this is the scariest moment for humanity since World War II? It's more because we have no control, and if we don't, like the the, the scientists say, if we don't control ourselves, 
we can't control the problem. So, right, right. You know, some orange man idiot keeps telling everyone, oh, it's, it's going, it's around the yeah, corner. It's around the corner. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Around, it's up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that, yeah. to say. Like, literally, literally and figuratively, it is up his ass. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Now, now we know that. Right, right, right. Oh, but, you know, I see your point of, you know, you, you, you mentioned this, the, the article uh, that, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the habitat, the wilderness habitats are shrinking yeah. so much that yeah. it is causing um, species to interact uh, in a closer level than yeah. uh, they had uh, uh, before. And, and while, you know, hey, viruses, uh, you know, uh, appear and they jump uh, from species. And, you know, this is definitely the biggest uh, viral event that we've had in 100 years. You know, the fact yeah. is, is that 8 billion plus humans uh, on a planet trying to live like the average American um, is just not going to cut it. And these things are probably going to happen more frequently if we don't do something about it, is I think is your yeah, the, the whole reason we're here is to find two things, to find the divine within and to mm -hmm. find the divine that surrounds us. Yeah. And the divine is, is, is obviously the, the old uh, idea that uh, Garden of Eden, you know, I, I wrote a song about this a couple of years ago, and I'm actually going to put it out one day. Um, and it's just the idea we keep forgetting why we're here. Not to go to Walmart all the time, not to go to Target, not to get the biggest the, uh, materialism stuff. Um, you got to live past that. And that's the, that's the tough one. Because uh, most people, it's ingrained in them since they're two years old, three years old. You know, you got to get some this and you got to get some of that. And then you get into seven or eight, nine, ten years old. You, everybody's got this and I need to get as well. Everybody else is getting it. So I want some of it. Mm. But you can't have it. I'm sorry. You can't have what you really need. And that's one of the songs I sing in uh, the album One Thousand Hands. I, I think I think you're onto something. The, the age of consumerism uh, is yeah. coming to a close, and yeah. that is not the point of what we're supposed to be doing here. True. We are yeah, looking inward and and looking outward. Uh, True. So it, it there is an, a level of individuality uh, that we all inhabit in our our these these bodies that we are, but at the same time, there's this level of community that we seem to forget uh, that we need to interact with each other in a positive way. You know, uh, you know, all you need is love right true that's what i keep thinking all the time I, when i started singing that music i told you about mm -hmm. joyfulness the words that came out we are everyone yeah we are everyone now god all is not time. he nor she but we no we are everyone and yeah and uh it's amazing to me that we are slowly discovering that actually the the youth of this time, it's, it's as though they're the, they're the 60s, you know, it's like the 60s, we went out, come on, you know, come on, hey. no more war, we don't need war, love instead of war, and make love, no war, things like that. This comes from our, our musical elders at that time. Mm -hmm. And now we have the same situation, where the, 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 the incredible amount of people that went out to say Black Lives Matter, of course they do. Of yeah. course you do. <laughs> yeah. you know, why, why do we have to do this? Why do we actually have to say it is the point. Uh, of, yeah, what, constantly, what continually. <laughs> you know? Yeah, what hit me this morning, I was on my walk, 
And uh, I remembered the, the incredible thing that happened at the White House where these young people, innocent energy people, were pushed around and sprayed with uh, tear, you gas. Know, tear yeah. gas and yeah. everything so that Lafayette the, Square. the leader yeah. of our so-called nation could hold up the Bible upside down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to yes. get into trouble now, but actually, I'm an American citizen. They can't throw me off. That's this right. Part of the world. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. So let me, that, let... that, that came. Sorry, that came with me, and it made me realize that that's been forgotten, just like Sandy Hook, just like all these other things. They're forgotten. Oh, it's oh, that was that was a week ago. The people in cages, kids in cages. Oh, that was two, three months ago. Let's forget, forget about that. Let's get on with, uh, you know, who got badly injured over the weekend playing football. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, Come on. Uh, that, that's the news item. Yeah, when but we have these. The idea is that we're very out of control because we should now be able to hear and see the world news. We should be able to lock in to what's happening in Europe. We mm -hmm. don't know what's happening in Turkey. They just had a, a gigantic uh, earthquake. Yeah, earthquake, and it's mm -hmm. all it's at the bottom line of the information. While everybody's talking about la 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 la, you thinking? Well, the, we, we have. Let's face it. We have the distractor in chief who yes, we should, sucking we should all have, the oxygen out of the global yeah, room. Yeah, we should have world news. We should have world connections. We should have a multi-level connection, especially in school that all oh, this Zoom thing is fantastic in so many ways. So everybody, kids can Zoom with people in Argentina, can Zoom with people in Brazil, because we can all speak some form of language. I think it's called TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Think about this. <laughs> yeah, think about it. It's a new language. It's sort of, da, 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 da. can you do this? Can you do this? Yeah. So the connection of young people with young people around the world will be the savior of mankind, I believe. I, I, of course, the youth always, you know, drags us into the future as yeah. they should. You know, yeah. but you, 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 mentioned, you mentioned TikTok, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen uh, what happened with uh, Fleetwood Mac's dreams uh, because of, of TikTok, you know, that song entering back into the top 10. Or, or if you've seen the YouTube twins, yeah. they got yeah. in the air tonight, built the Phil yeah. Collins song back into the top 10. But you know Again? what? <laughs> yeah, after, after 37 years. But wait a minute. No, 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 what? That, that song was played forever. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Da, 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 da. Of course, everybody knows that. Oh you know, my yes. God! <laughs> it's a but joke it, because I joined the Virgin Record Company the same day as uh, Phil Collins did. Oh, did you? Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. And yeah. I went to the south of France and created a piece of music, and they went. Uh, they sent a couple of young kids down, punks, you know, yeah. to check out what I was doing. Because the deal was, they gave me some money to make a record, but if they didn't like the record. I had to pay the money back. And I said, that's okay. No problem. So these two punks came down. They had no clue what I was doing. So they both went, uh, uh, uh. so I paid the money back. And I'm still finishing those two pieces of music because they're, they're very special to me. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in, in, in today's world, you can actually, you know, do that uh, now. You, yeah. you, you know, you can refinish as you did with Thousand Hands, which we'll get into here in a bit. But back to that, that the thing about TikTok and, and In the Air Tonight and the kids are changing this. You know, you guys were ahead of the game. What do you think about Roundabout being used in the first season of Jojo Bazaar's uh, adventure anime, which used the song in, and it's, and, and it's still an internet meme uh, that, uh, uh, you know, started in 2012. So you guys, you guys were the first of, uh, of getting, um, uh, some, you know, an older rock song, uh, back into the kid's mind in yeah. some new, you know, new way. Anything that's, anything that is going to open up anybody to what I've been doing over the years is a joy mm -hmm. because you never know why, why people eventually like everything you do and you find out, well, they only find out about me because of all of a lonely heart. And then they look <laughs> and they went, what's close to the edge? What the heck is yeah. on you and I? Well, and then they well, go, I can't believe this music sort of yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you say, thank God for all of a lonely heart, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then thank God for around about being on this uh, Japanese project. Here's a quick word from our sponsors. We'll be back in a bit. And now back to the program. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, so it's so it's it's the cheese to the trap. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> and, you know that's that's why the, the, there's a spe there's a special consideration that I have for what I do, musically and lyrically, is what I'm searching for, which is peace of mind and more power, because we are incredibly powerful human beings. Mm -hmm. Every one of us. Everyone has so much power to lock into. It's just a question of sometimes quieting the mind and letting things happen. I've had this wonderful conversation with my computer for the last now 15 years. When I started really digging into the computer, I got very, I shake the computer because it wouldn't listen to me. But <laughs> it eventually- It wouldn't do I what you told, wanted it to do. <laughs> right. But then I was told, let go, let God. And now I wait for the computer to show me the goods because uh -huh. it's got everything because we are the computer. And do you know how I know this? How? Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Everything, everything that surrounds you now and me and everything is from under the ground. Everything. Think about that. So in a world. world so every, know, everything is connected. But everything is originally from under the ground. From under the ground. I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. missing you there. So get, get well, me closer. There you go. Plastic. You got your keyboard is made out of yep. plastic, which is from oh, under from the ground. Oh, from oil. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Fossil fuels. Okay. And so on yep. and so on and so on. Yeah. Go yeah. way back. Go way back. Yeah. And we are from under the ground. We are from... The, you Just know, carbon, the, the, carbon that uh, is uh, yeah. found found in the dirt that uh, then gets yeah. put together into our DNA, and uh, we become yeah. uh, an animal of some. Well, do you okay. think we just came here from uh, the Pleiades? No, we were born here. Human mm -hmm. beings were created here mm -hmm. from way, way back. Two thousand and one, I think it was the movie and the the, oh, the Star Child monkey throwing the, oh oh you know. oh okay okay yeah oh yeah, yeah. no i'm on 2001 the movie 2000 yeah okay. well i i went to the end the star child at the end you were at the beginning oh, with yeah. uh with uh, what's the same name? Thing. uh moon moon watcher moon watcher was actually his name in the book yeah with hmm. the idea that we, we, 
you know, Earth Mother is our home. Yeah. So we're not taking care of our home. It's messy. Yes. And, and there's, a, there's, there's millions of hoarders. It's so <laughs> sad. But we can get out of this. It's, it's only a turn of a screw that tomorrow, next two or three days, hopefully, I'm praying every single second of the day that we get on with normal life yeah. and really understand why it took so much money for these two people to get into this situation. Because that was a wonderful craziness. But the idea is uh, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to become king. You know, yeah. hustling to become king of the world. You know, it's all to do with money and who do you know and who's got more money, billionaires. So the problem that is coming up is, okay, these people with the big money, why do they just keep having this big money? Well, they, they, spend, they, they create war. They create war. You know, they create better guns, better bombs. You know, there's a song in, in, in the new album where I'm singing, uh, there are planes flying in with food and love to save the starving millions while there are planes flying in with bombs to feed the hungry guns of disbelief. Mm. Mm. I wrote that in 1990 mm -hmm. and it was a mess then. I, I just learned these multi-billionaires that created the, latest, the, the, the biggest tanks we need. The first thing that our orange man did as soon as he got into the White House, he did a deal with Saudi Arabia for $23 billion. Yeah, to sell arms to them. Yeah, it was well, one of the I first deals he did. The, yeah. deal, the deal was $22 billion and $1 billion for him. <laughs> you think he did it for nothing? Of no, course he's not. No, he's, it's a transactional, he's a transactional guy. Right. There's got to be something nobody, in it for him. Nobody's going to talk about that now. Hmm. You know? No. No, sorry. No, 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 no. We this conversation here. Oh no, 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 no. I, I, I let us say we are aligned politically, uh, and uh, could probably uh, go toe to toe with uh, any of the uh, the other side uh, with facts and figures uh, to remove them uh, from any kind of uh, legitimate discourse. Um, but yes, we could go off the rails. Uh, but we'll come back to to some I'm of that. There. Sorry about that. <laughs> This will, no. not, this will never be seen by anybody. It no. Oh, by yes. It's going to be heard by, by millions, by millions out there. So <laughs> We hope. But there so are let's... beautiful people around the world. I've, I've happily been around the world so many times. Oh, you I, have, yeah. I just meet so many beautiful people. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you're kind of that, that kind of guy yourself. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I, I've read, you know, your lyrics over the decades and, yeah. you know, listen to you. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not afraid to say that, you know, you're a bit of a hero to me. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> you've always been so positive. There's no, you know, it's, and it, it, I guess this is sort of a question here. You're from, you're from the North country, yeah. uh, you know, just North of Manchester and, yeah. and Birmingham. And, you know, it's funny is that most of the bands that come out of the North country are like dark, you know, like Black Sabbath or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're the exact opposite. You, you are this light sort of ethereal creature <laughs> that uh, is able to articulate that in these metaphorical lyrics that just 
take you places. Um, you know, and, and if I can, I normally don't, don't, don't make this about me, but you know, um, you know, the first, and I'm going to push this to a question to you, but the first music that I would call my own, and I have older siblings, you know, so I was, you know, I had Beatle records and um, the monkeys and uh, beach boys and stuff like that. And uh, that's what they were into. And then one day I, my parents moved and uh, we, we, we came to a new place and I, I met this kid on the first day we go to his house and he's like, Hey, um, I have this record I don't want. Do you want it? And I looked at it and had this green cover, this beautiful green cover. And I said, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, sure, I'll take it. So I went home, put it on, and literally, you know, it took me to a different world. I, I could lay on my bed, close my eyes, and as soon as those birds came on, I yeah. was in a different world. And obviously, we're talking about Close to the Edge. So my question to you is, what's the music or the song that did that for you when you were... It's very simple. I would play Sibelius' Seventh Symphony over and over. Ah. That's, what, that's what made me, musically speaking, mm -hmm. uh, in agreement with what I'd been dreaming since I was four or five years old, when I would lean up against the radio, which was on the floor, and I'd lean up against it and listen to Algar. And the, 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 there, were, there were three stations in London there, uh, not in England. There's BBC One, BBC Two, BBC Three. BBC Two was classical music. So not only did I listen to that, but then I'd, I'd switch it over and I'd listen to Glenn Miller, you mm -hmm. know, or in those, in the, in the forties, late forties. Late forties, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, uh, but then I was, I was transfixed by Stravinsky at one time when I was probably 12, 13. I wonder what the hell is this music? This is nothing like, you know, Brahms and Beethoven. And, but mm. then, Eventually, I found Sibelius when I was on tour with Yes, the first time we toured America. Uh -huh. So this is the music that came through. But the, then again, in the 50s, the music I'd listened to as a teenager, you know, when I was uh, 12, 14, I was listening to the Everly Brothers, listening uh, to a lot yeah. of American music, you know, yeah. Elvis mm -hmm. Presley. We had, we had carbon copies of people like Elvis Presley in England called yeah. one guy called Cliff Richard, a yep. very famous guy. Lonnie Donegan, very yep. famous Skiffle. musician. Yep. Mm -hmm. Skiffle was like old mountain music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you, you started off as a Skiffler, right? Yeah, just for when I was nine. Yeah, this mm -hmm. little John Skiffle band. And I, I played the washboard. And we were terrible, but we enjoyed ourselves. <laughs> hey, everybody has to start somewhere. You, you betcha. <laughs> so I, I understand your father was uh, an entertainer. I think your, your parents were uh, ballroom dancers. Yeah. And, um, my, so art and music it must have been all over your house. It was all, all always every day, weekends, especially when my dad came home for the weekend. He'd be playing the mouth organ. And uh, his brother, his bro it wasn't his brother. It was uh, my uncle on on his on the mother's side. He he played the spoons, uh -huh. and they come around, you know, have a couple of pints and making music. And uh, my dad actually worked as a DJ in Manchester for six months, and then he was interested. Interestingly, he was uh, him and my mom were dancers. They loved ballroom dancing. That's why I listened to all the classic. Uh, music of the, of the day in, in the 50s. So it was because of your parents, uh, that, that was the beginning of your love of classical music because I mean, that's yeah. what they would dance to, right? So, yeah, well, so, ballroom dancing is more like Glenn Miller and yeah. uh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But 
generally it was a way of waking up to the fact that music was everywhere. And then, you know, like, like most people, you start to, you know, you go out in the woods and listen to birds singing and things. Like this is music as well, you know? Oh, the, 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 the world is filled with music if you yeah. allow it, allow it to touch you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, very, very true. So uh, can I ask you something about your unique voice? Did, did, I mean, you've got this beautiful alto, alto tenor. Did, did your voice break when you were a teen or is this, have you always sounded like this? Well, I know that when I was uh, 14, I was always singing high harmony to my brother. I, I was Ever, the, the Everly Brothers thing. Everly right, Brothers. Right, yeah. And then when the Beatles came, I'd sing high like Paul McCartney. Yeah. And uh, Beast Boys, I'd always sing high up there with uh, that kind of uh, thing. I never thought about my voice at all until we went in the studio with Yes, when you sort of realize how bad you are <laughs> <Where> you <can laughs> yeah all the mistakes also, yes yes all, all yes we musicians clear, all know. we hear are the mistakes yes <laughs> yeah and uh but it took me about i think by the third album of yes i felt that i was very good singing projecting by then i've been on the road with mm -hmm. yes for nearly three years and i had been on the road with my first band for five years so i was already a well-seasoned uh, singer and it's only about that time where Fragile came that I felt really very comfortable with my voice on stage and learning to not smoke too much, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and things like that, and learning to look after your voice. And I've, you know, over the years, especially the last uh, sort of 20 years, 30 years of my life, 10 years, uh, I just naturally sing every day. I come in the studio and sing. I just so it's, I so it's like exercise. It's like, you know, yeah. if you don't do it every day, you're, the muscle itself will atrophy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so is that, is that what you do to, I mean, cause you, John, you sound the same as I remember you when I was a kid 50 years ago. It's crazy how, you know, it's most singers don't get that choice. You know, most singers, you're going to lose some of the high end. Uh, sure. As, as you as you age, but I mean, let's face it, you are all high end. So how sure. how could that you know happen? And but but it doesn't. You 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 still have as beautiful voice as you've always had. And it's is it just that just just the coming in and, and and working it every day? Yeah, I'm very blessed to enjoy singing. Um, I enjoy the mystery of songwriting, lyrics, and things like that. So I'll spend hours and hours working on ideas. But eventually I'll just say, okay, forget about that. It's right. like an artist painting. You paint stuff, you go, oh, that's okay. Then get on yeah. the next one. <laughs> and uh, finish up, you turn around and go, oh my gosh, I've got lots of uh, musical energies that have happened over the years. And I'm still drawn to creating uh, new ideas and new processing, especially using uh, the computer and the uh, just being in a place where you can use equipment that's quite extraordinary. You know, like I play the, I play the piano. I, I say it very, not very um, well. You, you can get around I, it, let us say. Yeah, I just play, I just play the white notes. Yeah. And, I, and I'm really, I'm rep, sometimes I feel like I'm pretty good. But then somebody came up with a, a friend of mine's, uh, um, gosh, uh, Mr. McKee, who lives near, near, uh, near Sean McKee, he, he called me one time, he said, it's only about a year ago, he said, I've got this new system for you. It's called Autotonic. 
And I said, okay, I don't know what it is. And he sent it and God bless him. You know, it, it, what happens is you, you turn it on. So all your wine notes are in the key of C basically. And then if you press a black note, it doesn't make a sound. It changes the whole key structure of the white notes. And you've got about a dozen different key structures like Dorian scale and Morian yeah. scale, yeah. all these scales. And it's, it's like, all of a sudden, I'm a real musician. I sound like, you know, Beethoven. <laughs> Not really, but, you know, yeah. I can actually go from one key to another key at a touch of a black note. And it's saved my life on many levels because I always worried about not being good enough to create better structure of chords, you know, so I, I'd rely on other people to send me music and enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, but now I can actually uh, devise some method to my madness. So you find the technological advancements um, yeah. completely and utterly helpful. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Do, do you see a downside with, with some of that at all? No. Not, not, not at all. really. As I say, if you learn to let the, the computer be in charge, mm -hmm. it, it'll work. You know, it's, it's, it's like sometimes, and it happens two or three times a week where I'll start looking for a song that I did years ago. I want to find the backing track again to redo it, re-sing it. And I'm looking and about an hour later, the computer's saying, John, what the hell are you doing? It's right here. <laughs> so I, I can't find it. And then two days later, there it is. Oh, it just, it finds it for you. Oh, okay. Okay. All I don't right. know how, honestly. Well, let's there. say it shows up uh, when the universe wants it to show up. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, mm -hmm. Did you really turn down Elton John and Bernie Toppin songs? I wouldn't say I turned them down. <laughs> I was actually writing at that time with Chris, and one or two songs came along through a friend of this guy, El Elton John, and uh, he, he hadn't even, I think he hadn't even started recording himself, but it was just a couple of songs, and I thought, well, they're very nice, but... I'm too busy doing this song with, with Chris. And then, then you forget about stuff. And then all of a sudden, he comes out with genius music for, for the rest of his life. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. And I met them briefly, you know, one time. And uh -huh. uh, i just happy to meet them. But I didn't turn them down. I just... Life it just didn't work over. out. Yeah, yeah, it didn't, yeah. It didn't work out. I, that's, <laughs> I, of course, the media makes it sound like uh, you said, ah. Those guys don't know what they're doing. No, that's no, not, no. It's, that's fur the furthest thing from the truth. It's just, you know, uh, projects are projects, and sometimes yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. work, and sometimes they don't, and you know, hey. everybody moves on, and who knows? They may come back, and, uh, and something could have happened later on in life. You never know. No, I remember going to a party one time years and years ago in L.A., and uh, Rod Stewart house, incredible house, you know, serious money, you know, Rod Stewart and... Yeah. Uh, Lots of, num lots of number one hits, uh, John. Yeah, uh, yeah. and Elton and John were, in, were talking away, and they were really in, down in the dumps, you know. And I, and I just standing around with, with, a, with a, a glass of tequila at the time. And I'm just listening to them, standing there like, because knew, we knew each other, you know, from way, way back. And uh, they were complaining they hadn't had a hit for six months. And I was saying, you guys Six months. Wrong. I can't believe this. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> you touched so many people with your great music and now you're upset. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, that's funny. But the, one of the first tours that I went on with, yes, was a great tour. 
It was like 1969, I think. And the headline is with, with a who? Then it was Small Faces with Rod Stewart, Joe Cocker, Arthur Brown, and yes. Wow. Can you imagine that kind of a tour? That, that is a great lineup. Unbelievable. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, all right. So, so you're working at La Chase and, and you get on with the other founder of Yes, Chris Squire. Um, why do you think it worked so well for you and, and the fish? We were very hungry um, and angry. Very and angry? Punk. Yeah, we were punks, like before punk was punk. <laughs> you know, Starship Trooper, the end of Starship Trooper. Worm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey. yeah. But the idea at that time was to make music as good as a band called Family, which was a band from Birmingham. Oh. They were the sort of top band in London. Mm -hmm. Anybody want to see anything other than, you know, Jimi Hendrix had come and played at the Marquee Club, obviously unbelievable. The Who played at the Marquee Club, unbelievable. Yeah, yes, I think Le, Le Chase you know, was right yes. down the street from Marquee, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah it's right yeah. Two, yeah. Two, two, two doors away. Yeah. And, and Yes played there. And, oh, okay. It's okay, you know. But then we kept playing there, you know, after a while, people said, oh, it must be good. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> but then you start getting into a place where you become pretty well known. But again, you know, I remember uh, me and Chris going to a, a club called the Speakeasy Club, and we saw this band for the first time playing their first album. They were called King Crimson. And we nearly went bloody crazy. I said, oh, my God, we're going to rehearse more. Yeah, that rip, that rip guy, he's really good. They, no, the whole band was just like the record, you see? Yeah. And, you know, the record was an amazing record. And they were just playing it in front of, like, 20 oh, yeah. people. At Court of, the, people. Court of the Crimson King, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They were just playing that whole album. Because in those days, you, you tended to grow up playing top 10 as well as your own songs. Mm -hmm. So when we were touring Yes at the beginning, we were doing uh, songs from a band called... Uh, it was Jimmy Webb songs, which were great songs from, uh, I, I, remember, I remember the, the album in a minute, but it was uh, two or three Jimmy Webb songs. Um, we do uh, Richie Haven songs, which we yeah. love Richie Haven, we tour with him. So, you know, in a way, as a band, you're learning from other people still. And it wasn't until the Yes album that we were- The third album, yeah. Our own self, we were mm -hmm. being our own self. And we were very happy about who we were at that time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the first album, you know, I, I wouldn't call that progressive rock. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's good uh, rock pop music. Uh, you know, I can yeah. hear some of the Beatles, some of the some of the, the Hollies and, and yeah. other English acts that are, are in there. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and now you're, you're starting to change some personnel. I know I know Peter Banks left after Time and a Word. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was because of that song. He didn't like the orchestration that was a part yeah, of that song. It, it didn't work. It never, well, some of it worked beautifully orchestration-wise, but when I I tried to explain things to the guy who was doing the orchestration. I think I messed him up a bit. <laughs> it didn't oh. sound that good. But what he did on his own was beautiful. Um, I remember the song, Look at the Sad Goodbyes, Every Day's a Killing Time. I think it's a, well, 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 another day. I think it's a song from uh, Buffalo Springfield. I think. Uh -huh. Anyway, uh -huh. beautiful orchestration. So at that time, 
we were still trying to find ourselves and bringing Steve into the band was the key to me and me having yeah. somebody who, who could play a lot of different chords. And that yeah. really helped me on many levels for about five years. We really, really oh, worked. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, so we get to the Yes album and the Yes album is when things all kind of come together and you guys yeah. are, are now like this progressive rock pioneer act. Yeah. Um, you know, what, was, that, was that the point to get to? You know, and, and I asked this question because, you know, we've already established that you, you, from a very young age, you had a love of classical music. Yeah. And, you know, unlike uh, most of the music, that the rock and roll, which is based on blues, yeah. um, you guys seem to eschew that and move in a different direction direction, which, you know, I might call continental European influences being yeah. greater importance to you than, uh, than rock or blues, I should say. So R&B, you know, to, to me, it was the idea, do I stand up there and sing about sex, drugs, and rock and roll? No, because that's not me at that time. You know, I was, uh, I had a family, got, got going with a couple of kids, three children, and uh, I, I really believed in just staying on that focus of creating new music that really is inventive to me. And happily, so did Steve, and so did Chris, and of course, so did Bill, and you know Tony K. You know, sort of after a while, he, he got into yeah. his own things. And yeah. then Rick, Rick came along, and this guy, he could play. Anything. Oh, Rick, like, wake, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all of a sudden yeah. we blossomed into a fragile. Yeah. And that's, that's what happened. And that's how things go because you, you can't go around pretending to, you know, go, be on stage and sing about sacred rock and roll when you don't, you don't think that way. You just think on a different level. And because I was reading a lot of you know, mystical books and things like that, uh, Herman Hess, Siddhartha, uh, Mm -hmm. Journey to the East, and many books that I was reading at that time inspired me to want to sing about the mysteries of life and the harmony of life and the quality of love and the quality of divine understanding. And this kind of pushed me along over the years and still does. So I was lucky to get into a place of, uh, in some ways, I'd write songs and lyrics and things and think, what the hell am I singing about? You know, see the words could call you from the depths of your disgrace and oh, yeah. you deliver to the solid mental grace and achieve it all with music that can quickly from above our but you think, okay, deliver some physical what you're saying is basically your higher self can open up your state of mind, your consciousness. Uh, but at that time it was more flow of lyrical dance. It was a lyrical dance. I'm still doing the same dance, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I can see that uh, from beginning to end. Uh, you know, yeah. you 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 are a searcher. Uh, I think I think we're both searchers, and True. we we're we're interested in how this all works, how this all comes together. And let's face it, we don't have the intellectual capacity to actually put it all together. Uh, at least, you know, I, I think we've gotten closer as we've gotten more modern and the science and uh, the data that begins to show how connected all these things are certainly on the earth certainly in the universe and how yeah. they all work and, and 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 you know the action and equal and opposite reaction uh and things that that make you go 
in the, into those directions of how this all works. But at the same time, to try to put pen to paper and say, ah, I'm going to explain this in a song, even a 22-minute song, like Close to the Edge, it, it is difficult. But yet, in a weird sort of way, you've been able to metaphorically throw these concepts out that, you know, some of it's universal truth, but at the same time, some of it is internal truth. Would, would that be fair to say? Yeah. I think the, the, whole, the whole idea of any artist, whether it's a, a stage uh, actor, painter, musician, every, everything is so connected to your, your true self. You're mm -hmm. being your true to yourself. If you don't, you're, gonna you're, you're not going to be a good artist. Right, right. Well, yeah. you're just going to drive yourself a bit crazy. And, you know, Van Gogh was true to himself and what he created. He couldn't sell one of his paintings. Oh, he was like, I know. And now he's like, well, yeah, the, one of the most revered uh, painters <laughs> like, of, of all time. Right. Yeah. 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 So it didn't I'm, happen until he died. Right. I know. Right. Horrible. So, yeah. in some ways, I'd rather be in that world of mm. openness and, and, and letting the, the energies that surround push things along in, in, in an indirect way rather mm. than try to aim for, I'm going to make another top 10 album, single, record, that is, you know, it's always just like, uh, as we would talk about, go screw yourself. I wrote that 12 years ago when I was working with some young kids in Long Island, you know, I said, come on, let's do some real serious yeah. punk stuff. Da -da -da -da. Screw yourself, you know. And uh, so I just sketched out that politicians are terrible people. Most, not all of them, for sure. But there's some that run the gamut of uh, thievery and uh, mayhem and, and chaos. Or worse, yeah. yeah. Why they're there is to, is to yeah. help uh, evolve this experience that we're calling America mm. and the USA mm. uh, rather than, you know, I think Canada is doing great in terms of being more balanced than America, USA is where it used to be the other way around. Say, I, 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 say, I say the same thing with Europe or certainly Western Europe. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, I, I go and, you know, uh, as, as, you know, a Native American born, born here, first generation, uh, you know, my, yeah. my grandparents and my parents came here uh, to escape uh, the poverty of, yeah. of World War II. Uh, yeah. they're, they're from Denmark. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, I, this was all shiny and new and beautiful and everything else. And, and it just, we, we've, we've changed places because we, yeah. we, yeah. Forgot, we forgot about the commons. We forgot that we are all supposed to be in this together. And, yeah. you know, the, all, all across the pond, it sure seems like they got their shit together. And, uh, you know, the, the cities are nice and clean and beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, the people are primarily taken care of to, yeah. to a degree. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're all left out on our own uh, here, which is, that's not what humanity is supposed to be about. We, right. we are a... We are a um, uh, you know, a, a, a social creature. Therefore, we have to be in groups. And therefore, if we're in groups, we have to take care of one another. Yeah. We have to ask for forgiveness to the Native Americans. Yeah. 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 That's we coming. Did. Because yeah. Canada, Canada did it three years ago and Australia yeah. did it yeah. five years yeah. ago. Indigenous peoples, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, indigenous the first people. first First Nations, right. Yeah. Right. You betcha. Mm -hmm. Because we are, we are them. We are, we are all, you know, we are one. Yeah, yeah. So that's where it is. You know, you just enjoy creating and uh, 
I'm very, very happy about the new album, 1000 Hands, and it's working. Uh, it's reaching a lot of different kinds of people all over the world, and the reviews have been amazingly good. And uh, it's a reflection of where I am, that everybody's enjoying the album because I enjoyed making the album, even though it took a long it time. Took, it took you made. 30 years to make. <laughs> I know. So and, let's talk about that. How, you well, know, uh, it's, it's a well-known story now, but I, I, I started it with Brian Chapman, a good old friend of mine who was in the Warriors in the 60s with, with me. Electric Warrior, right, right. And uh, the funny thing was that the music survived. The, the tapes were in the garage for 26 years. But the music, the songs work and they still work. Yeah. It, it, it's remarkable in a way that they were created such a long time ago. And it made me realize that the music is timeless. And in a way, whatever you do is timeless. You know, don't think about having to have it done now and get it done now. It's just a or, or, you're, or you'll miss the window of some form. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, you know, but the, I remember in the, in the 80s MTV. Yes, we'd spend a hundred grand on making a video and MTV would turn it down. And you think, well, that's a hundred grand we'll never see. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> what's the point of that? Right. Yeah. So I, I backed off right then and went and did ABWH because I wanted to get back to the roots of Yes and mm -hmm. created a very interesting album with them and still evolving now. So I, I'm still yeah. very excited about what's coming in the next six months, next year. Uh -huh. And, uh, it's a really good time for all America to change and God willing, we'll be okay. Well, let's hope so. Well, I guess we'll find out in a couple of days uh, where, what direction at least we're, we're yeah. heading in. Yeah. But, um, but back to Thousand Hands. So uh, it originally came out last year and then it was re-released this year uh, just yeah. recently. How, how, did that, how did that come about and why? Well, we finished it. Uh, the producer, Michael Franklin, had this idea to re-release it uh, through the internet. And I was very into that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we couldn't find a record company that was interested. Uh, even Atlantic Records said, no, nah, we don't want it. And you think, gosh, I started with Atlantic Records <laughs> and they're turning me down. <laughs> and uh, well, it's well, let us, it's not the Atlantic Records of old. There's no, no Amit Erdogan or Jerry Wexler there or any of that. I know, so. I know. But uh, Michael released it on the internet, and it just wasn't it just wasn't well done. And mm. then the record company came along and released it. And to me, it's I don't care. I really, I've, I've, I've lost that energy of worrying about it being heard. It will be heard when it's ready by the people who want to hear it when it's ready and they'll be ready when I'm ready. And they'll, they'll go, oh, I like that song. Who is that? Yeah. Oh, that John Anderson guy. Wasn't he used to being yes? <laughs> you know, yeah. So, hey, he's not doing so bad. This is nice music, you know? <laughs> and that's what I think about. I just want to get on with the next music. And uh, people will catch up and find it like the, like the, we found the music 30 years ago in Big Bear. Me and Brian Chapman wrote so many beautiful songs. And uh, they've just come alive to the world, which is great. 
What what I think is really neat about this about the album is that it, it, because it's thirty years on, there are a couple of people that are you know no longer with us on on the album. True. Uh, you know, True. Um, uh, uh, Chris Squire, obviously, uh, yeah, the prominent, uh, who you know laid down some bass lines for it years yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. I think I think Alan White is on it uh, as well. Yeah. I think those were recorded a long time ago. But I think Steve Howe. Uh, he did his guitar parts recently, right? It wasn't a long time ago. He was the last guy to play on the record. Uh, Which... we'd, we'd finished the record, and mm -hmm. the last piece was the third verse of Now, which one at the beginning, one in the middle, one at the end. And yeah. I just felt there was something missing. So, you know, I worked with Steve a few years ago when he did an album of Bob Dylan songs. So I sang... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. his his like, son's his son's name is Dylan. Uh, yeah. One of his sons' name is Dylan. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, so I called him up. I said, uh, "You owe me." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "No problem, John. <laughs> yeah. Send the music." So I sent him the music, and I he played on it. And I sat here in my studio and listened to it on playback, and went and I started singing, and I started thinking, okay. And what I do, I'll sing something and record it and then try and figure out what I'm singing. What I'm lyrics thinking. What lyrics go along with it? Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm thinking So it you go melody time. first is usually uh, No, at the same time. Uh -huh. Something I've developed over the years is the idea of lyric with melody subconsciously. Uh, the one song that I remember, State of Independence, I recorded, I just walked in and sang it. In Paris. Oh, just, uh -huh. I just walked in and sang it because it was the music was being recorded, and I said to Van Gelis, "Is is the microphone on?" And I said, "Yeah, okay, record me." State of life, may I live, may I love, and the story. I sang the whole song. Right one, from start to finish, one start tip. to finish. I couldn't believe what I was doing. I was just singing. I don't know what I was singing about. But it was it was a pure magic. And well, what what did what did Vangelis say? Would he what did he did his head explode? Woo! <laughs> no. I think nice. you know, we, we're, we're very very close. Yes, yes, he yes. was a very spontaneous musician and very jazz chance music, and I was so into that because uh -huh. with the S it was very constructive. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, it, it, to the, it, 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 I think with Eddie Offord, they, you know, you guys were yeah. literally taking pieces and, and cutting tapes to uh, a part yeah, of various tapes. Minute, one minute, four minute, two minute, one minute, yeah. three minute bits. Yeah. And then, you, you know, you all get it, you get so used to it. Yeah. And that's how we created. Mm -hmm. But what worked with Van Gelis was the opposite of that, which was really good for my soul. Musical <laughs> energy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so now I just do it all the time. So just just the, uh, a silly question, but but back with Steve coming in and doing this, uh, yeah. I take it there is no animosity or issues. I I, I know uh, the last fifteen years have been a little yeah. fraught because yeah. you know you got sick, uh, yeah. and uh, you know they didn't wait for you. They they kind of right. moved on, and, and and I can as a singer, I can imagine how difficult yeah. and and tough that must have felt um you know and then uh, the you know prior to the pandemic you know you uh were uh, with um uh arw yeah and, and which is you know a music of yes music and yeah you know i, I and and uh, you know and steve has got uh, the other uh yes uh sure. out there but yeah uh, you know what do you, what do you think about this whole you know, I, me personally, more yes is great uh, as far as I I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I, it could be 50 yeses right. out there as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. 
<laughs> no, no, it's true. Uh, the more yes music is heard, the better. And, uh, you know, we're, we're brothers, musical brothers. And sometimes you agree with each other, sometimes you don't. Uh, I think most of the time that I've been able to work with the band, yes, have been very, very exciting times. And then sometimes not very exciting because the outside influences were ruining the energy of the band, you know? Record companies want to hit record more, want, to, want this, or other people want this of the band. Leave us alone. Let's just get on with where we're going. And, uh, you know, outside influences always uh, con confuse everybody in a band, you know? It just doesn't work. So there are times that I've gone through that experience over the years, and I got used to it. You know, I just don't trust the energy that's outside of the musical energies that, are, that we're doing that's the basic yeah focal, and so, focal point so if that is working then all things are good if yeah. the outside forces are inflicting onto the music then yeah. all things are bad and it's yeah, time, and time to move on out. yeah time <laughs> you, to move on you, yeah you yeah. start off yeah. really gung-ho yeah. let's do this and then you yeah. go oh, halfway through what the hell are we doing i gotta get out of here yeah, yeah, which, which, which you've done uh, a couple of times. Uh, sure. You know, you know, I, I'd say that the, you know, the the peak uh, first first peak era of of yes, probably, you know, would you agree with this that it probably culminates in yes songs, uh, and uh, you know, with that tr triple album uh, comes out, and you know, I, I mean, everybody can see the virtuosity is yeah. there on record whether they had seen you live or, or not they yeah. could pick up on that you guys now had a, a decent catalog uh yeah. that you could go in and you know be you know a solo uh, uh act without even needing a an opener of uh, sure. mistakes you know so i i would say you know that 73 74 70, I, I know the movie doesn't come out till 75 but w would that be the first peak of, of yes for you yeah and then things started to change a little bit. I know Rick then didn't like uh, uh, Tails, uh, which you know, which is interesting because Tails is a is a, you know it, it it wasn't given a lot of love at its time, but it's really grown uh, over the decades, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I remember that um, years later we we went on tour with orchestra and did uh, revealing and ritual, and it was magic. Mm, it was like yeah, there was, there was something. That we didn't when we did it. It was a, it was a it was one of those things. We did it because we wanted to do it, and if we hadn't done it, we would never have got to awaken. So we had to go through this energy, and then gates of delirium. You know, I'm singing about yeah, with unrealized laughter, yeah. you know, and like yeah. things like that. Real powerful stuff, and then soon or soon the light. So you're working your way towards awaken, and yeah. then after that, everything imploded because. Managers wanted to have a producer. We, I, we had a producer. Oh, that's because you guys did. You guys did Tormato yourselves. Yeah, well, we were unhappy. The record sleeve it shows who we are because we're all wearing dark glasses, <laughs> looking different ways. That's who we were at that time. And, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a group. It was uh, uh, yeah. five, five individuals trying right. to do something together. Uh, well, trying to uh, keep the record company happy, you know, sort of thing. Mm. So you have a new song called Go, Go Screw Yourself, which at first sounds yeah. like a, a, another great Anderson composition of sweet vocal harmonies, <laughs> but instead of metaphor and analogies pulled from Eastern philosophy or yeah. sci-fi themes, yeah. this is purely a political song. Sure. Um, why did you feel the need to be so direct this time? 
As I said, I was working with some young teenagers in Long Island 12 years ago or so. Yeah, just after Sandy Hook, right? Yeah. And then Sandy Hook happened. And these things happen. You get into that situation where, and then there was the uh, church people messing with children. Mm. And then there was Wall Street messing with money. Yeah. And then you look at the indigenous people of the world. and We are indigenous people already. We are not just them, but we are all connected. We are, we are everyone. Yeah. And that's what the song is about. Well, this is not your first foray into a political song. Uh, you know, on Tormato, uh, there's Don't Kill the Whales. Sure. Um, so, you know, I might ask you a question that, you know, 43 years ago and 42 years ago when that album came out and that song came out, this yeah. was a real problem, a, a real, real problem. Yeah. How do you think we've done with, you know, our, our sea creatures uh, since then? Well, the overfishing really had to be balanced out. So there's been a lot of work on that, but that's only tip of the iceberg yeah. in, in more ways than one. But the whale, the whale specifically, I, yeah. know, I, I think, you know, we've done as humans, we've actually done, you know, fairly well with trying to change our behavior, yeah. which, you know, there were several species that were, you know, on the verge of extinction and yeah. now are thriving again. So the, the point true. is the possibility to change is there. You, yeah. you, you helped along with a lot of other organizations and people sure. to bring awareness to the issue uh, at the time. Uh, and uh, things changed. You know, I, no. I'm not suggesting the song Don't Kill the Whales, you know, made everybody wake up and no. go, you're right, we got to do something about this. But it helped. It yeah. helped educate. Well, we're all going through a very similar situation. And uh, basically, change we must. Yeah change we must well john anderson thanks so much for being with us on deep thank you today thank you very much was certainly a bucket list item crossed off for me. Let's hear it for John Anderson. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. He was very generous with his time, and as you heard, I could have gone all day, but we must protect that extraordinary voice. I feel like I was uh, beginning to tax his vocal cords, and if something had happened, I could never forgive myself. 
But I have a feeling we will have a part two, maybe a part three, maybe an entire podcast going deeper with John. Hmm. We shall see. Make sure you go and get his latest release, 1,000 Hands, Chapter 1, which means there'll be a Chapter 2, right? Out now, hopefully it won't take 30 years, out now on Blue Elan Records. And go see John's video for his election season song, Go Screw Yourself, uh, which I'll play a, a little sample here at the end. Yes, John getting political and even a little nasty. Oh, and in the UK... Later this month, John will be re-releasing a remastered uh, and extended version of his 1980 solo album, Song of Seven. So lots of John Anderson to be had just in time for your holiday shopping. So afterwards, I started thinking about how much of his look on life is so similar to mine. Highly spiritual, but not religious. Very aware of our surroundings and our unique place in the universe. The connections that are everywhere and obvious. The hope that others will understand the word love is so big. He just expresses it way better than I do. Uh, And I mean way better. (laughs) In fact, I'm a bit afraid to do so, but John has spent a lifetime being brave and like a true artist willing to go there regardless of what others think. He has gotten a lot of critical grief for his lyrical content, by the way, but I think most are missing the point. So the the funny thing is I'm not surprised. Uh, We think alike in the big picture, but not because I think I am on the same philosophical level as him. Uh, But that, of course, I've sort of been indoctrinated by listening to the band and John's lyrics for decades. As you heard in the interview, I let him know that Close to the Edge, given to me by a new friend, changed my life. It's the first music I would call my own because my parents or older siblings and aunts hadn't given it to me. It was random and immediate. I'll never forget dropping that needle for the very first time when I got home and literally being transported to another dimension. Yes, I was very much into reading fantasy and sci-fi at the time, so the the soundtrack kind of fit the subject for me. But I will say this is uh, way before any drugs, so (laughs) it was just, you know, something that literally spoke to me uh, on on a very cosmic spiritual level uh, and it was immediate and and that just didn't happen that many times but there are others so it's funny how we are made up of our surroundings regardless of whether we are paying attention or not we absorb that which is around us um, good and or bad Uh, Lucky for me, it has been almost always good. I've been lucky to avoid the bad in the most part because I was born fairly lucky. And my makeup is uh, to be curious, adventurous to a degree. And I could recognize a worsening situation and extricate myself if need be. Um, Then there is just the luck and timing. I was born into this reality at at a good time and in a good place. So... You know, like Gene Roddenberry, George Lucas, Frank Herbert, Isaac Asimov, Rod Serling, Ray Bradbury, Joseph Campbell, William S. Burroughs, and their like, John Anderson's work rubbed off on me and became a part of who I am. And I want to thank him for that. Now, I'm not going soft. I am a dualist. 
a man of two minds, at least. So as much as John is important to me, you know, so is Joe Strummer or Johnny Rotten. By the way, John Anderson was the godfather to John Lydon's first wife, Ari Up, from the Slits. So, yeah, go figure that one out. And all musical points in between. You know, as you all know, I love it all. Uh, I always have. I've always loved all kinds of music. I've always been open to anything that is real and unique, regardless of genre or geography. In essence, a good song is a good song. Um... Uh, now, I, I'm a little weak and maybe getting it right away, but if it has legs, I'll figure out it's genius and will fall for the tune or act sooner or later. Anyway, my point to all of this is that we are all made up of our influences, good and bad, starting with emulating our parents like good little primates that we are, and then our friends and our teachers, our mentors, you know, may not always be obvious, I think is the key. Sometimes the ingredients are tossed into the soup of our cells without really knowing. Well, speaking to John made me realize we may not recognize all of those gifts, but they are there in us regardless. Okay, that's enough revealing for me today. So, the rest of November is going to be something special. I've been asked to help promote a Jimi Hendrix virtual tribute concert with our friend Jimmy Blue of Kiss the Sky, headlining the event on November 27th, uh, which would have been uh, Hendrix's 78th birthday. Anyway, we will be having a bunch of Jimmy-related interviews throughout November, so pay attention to all that is coming. There are some big names here, um, but I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, and I haven't recorded them yet, so I don't, I don't want to let loose on who they might be. But you, you, you'll know most of them, if not all of them, okay? All right, all right, all right. See you all next time. Until then, you know what to do. Keep up the rocking, or... Go screw yourself. Isn't there something to give it up? That we're supposed to do to give it up. Isn't there something to give it up? That we're supposed to do. I've had it with you, sweet talking politician. All you want to do is go and steal the world. Try to tell us that you're here for all the people. Inside you're really out to screw us all Out to screw us all Well go and screw yourself Go and screw yourself Deeper Digs is hosted by Christian Swain Produced by Christian Swain and Peter Ferrioli Sound designed by Busy Signal Studios. Engineered by Jerry Danielson, Christy O'Donnell, and Leslie Barker. Find all of our shows, notes, and social links at PantheonPodcast.com. Contact us on social at Pantheon Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found used in this podcast for purchase or streaming wherever you get your great music. Please pick up these amazing tracks.
Want your business to have the best opportunity for success? Take a tip from tech industry leader Intel when you move or expand in Ohio. The new Silicon Heartland is the place forward-thinking business leaders find ample talent, a highly ranked business climate, convenient central location, plus an especially low-risk environment for site selection. Where else can you have all the room you need to grow while rubbing elbows with the giants in your industry? Visit successinohio.com today. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 